We use our phones for everything at this point, and I am absolutely guilty of that. I look up recipes on my phone. I meal plan on my phone. I use my GPS, even though I know where I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) But did you know that you can also use your phone for some sexy me time? Don't worry. Your fantasies are safe with Dipsy. Just don't forget to use your headphones. Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. They bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Discover stories about second chance romances, adventurous vacation flings, and hot and heavy hookups. And there's a growing library of fantasy series with vampires, Greek gods, and fairy smut to explore the bounds of your pleasure. New content is released every week, so in between listening to your favorite stories again and again, you can always find something new to explore. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy written stories to read. Let Dipsy be your go-to place to spice up your me time. Explore your fantasies, relax and unwind, or even heat things up with a partner. For listeners of our show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash justbreakup dipsystories.com slash just break up. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast all about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like queer scarcity, Hmm. when to know when to break up, assholes we just can't quit, and taking care of ourselves in our relationships. (laughs) But first, we have a Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know anything. We don't know what we're talking about. (laughs) We're idiots. Yeah. In fact, like, I won't actually admit to you how much money I've spent getting my car out of the impound lot for the past decade. (laughs) Like, how many times my car has been towed in the state of Minnesota I could probably buy a small house, like a tiny house, (laughs) with the amount of money that I paid that goddamn impound lot. That's great. That is great use of your finances. You know what? I was young. I was doing the best that I could. I just don't understand how. Well, you know what it was is that I moved to Minnesota. For the people who don't live in Minnesota, just know that it snows a lot here. And when it snows, our state goes into something called a snow emergency. And that means that certain sides of the street are not safe to park on and they'll tow your car. And guess what? Like, I just grew up in a tiny town. I saw parking signs like that. But they were like, don't park here. A cow is coming. You know, like, I didn't think it was a real thing that they would fucking repeatedly tow my car. So I get that. Like, okay, so that explains it the first a, time. It was just a steep learning curve, okay? <laughs> it takes me a long time to truly internalize life's lessons. And so I just paid for it with my soul and my bank account repeatedly. So this is all to say. Oh, I have a, oh, I have a, I have a towing story, too. Okay, go. Okay, so This once... is all why you shouldn't trust us to give, us, give you advice. Go ahead. Once I... I went to go look for my car and it was not where I had parked it. And so I was like, oh, shit, it got towed. So I walked all the way to the impound lot, which is like if you haven't been to the impound lot in Minneapolis, it's like a hellscape. Oh, we're like a BFF. (laughs) (laughs) Like I go there and just hang out with my friends. Yeah. But then I went there and they were like, 
you didn't your car didn't get towed and i was like oh my god it got stolen turned out i had parked it on a different street oh. and had forgotten <laughs> so this is all to say don't trust us we're idiots <laughs> Please take your advice as you see, or our advice as you see fit. We're just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understandings and hopefully some laughs on the incredible reward, incredibly rewarding, <laughs> my speech impediment's coming out, but mostly confusing experience that is love yes, and parking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, hi, Sam. Welcome to episode eight. Episode eight. Episode eight. It's so great that you are remembering what episode we're I on. just really would love if you didn't bring that up. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so um, I think our check-in for this week is going to be inspired by another um, listener's letter. Great. Because uh, it was like a great, concise um, question about more universal ideas of love that we can kind of um, do our little witchy musing on. And I actually love this. Who are calling witch? <laughs> you, girl. Come on. Okay, you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So I love this topic, um, and I feel pretty passionately about it. This letter is from Vince Kelly in Tempe, and Vince writes, What do you two think of the concept of, quote, right person, wrong time? It seems to me that if you're with the right person, then the timing of it all shouldn't be as important, or at least not important enough to end the relationship. Best regards, Vince. Uh, that's a great question, Vince. It is. Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that timing is a pretty critical piece to any you relationship. You laughed when I asked you what your opinion was, <laughs> as though you're surprised that you don't come in here once a week and give your fucking unsolicited opinion. Uh, <clears throat> no, it's just that you said that you felt very passionately about it. And so yeah, I'm, yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah, nervous yeah. about it. It's like, an alley-oop. You're going to pass me the ball and I'm going to slam dunk it. <laughs> great. Um, That's a sports reference, which is really great for me considering... Went really over, great for both of us. Yeah, went over my head for sure. Yeah. Sam, the, the sport Sam played in high school was... Academic decathlon. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. We read a bunch of materials and then we took tests on that materials and that was the whole sport. I can't. I can't <laughs> handle that. Like, I feel simultaneous joy and pity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also went to state and I got a gold medal in interview. Maybe that's why you're a podcast host now. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I also think that, like, it was a bunch of nerds. So, like, I like may have just been, like, the most, like, socially conscious one. <laughs> you could, like, actually have a conversation and with an adult. <laughs> I think the bar was low is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like that um, most of my romantic life. <laughs> anyway, back to your question, Vince. Um, I think timing is really important. Um, that's what Sam was saying. I'll just expound upon it. Mm -hmm. I think it's totally possible to meet someone that you 100% vibe with, that you think is beautiful and passionate and um, the type of person you want in your life. But because of the timing of your life, your own emotional development, your professional development, like where you are, I don't know, financially, professionally, emotionally, spiritually, you might not be ready to love them fully or mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And that can be really, really painful. Uh, I think that's why we kind of want to wish the opposite. We want to wish that timing doesn't matter if you meet the right person. Yeah. But like, you know, for me, I think about the times in which I've met people that were really important to me and who who matched like the type of people I want in my life, mm -hmm. in my in in the world that I'm creative, 
creating. And I was unable to like sustain that relationship because I was unhealthy or yeah. I was unbalanced. Yeah. I mean, I just think that timing is so there might be exist in the world like a, a very strong connection between two people, but yeah. it can't exist in a vacuum. Right. So like the there are all sorts of circumstances that are going to play out on that. And I don't think that just because there's a strong connection that you can like get rid of those things or like mm. ignore them. So like if you are not in the same space in your lives or you're not in the same place or whatever, um, God, this sounds really jaded, but I don't think like the strength of your like passion for each other can overcome all of those different things. Yeah, And I don't necessarily, I don't think that's jaded. I think it's just speaking from your experience and worldview that you're, you've been in the dating world for X amount of time now. And so you've seen whether in your own relationships or others that like these people are really well matched, maybe their souls match, Mm -hmm. but they're their external worlds can't collide right now, you know, or something like that. Right. I will say Vince that I do think right people wrong time is an excuse that some people make when they're breaking up with someone. (laughs) Isn't that real though? (laughs) Like, haven't you heard so many people be like, it's not you, it's me. I'm not at the right place in my life to love you or whatever. Mm. I've heard that a lot and I'm not devaluing that. Sometimes that's really real. For sure. But I also think sometimes that's the easiest way to say, um, I don't see a future for us. Yeah. A way to break up without sort of owning it. Yeah, I just wanted to add that because I think maybe that's some of our anti-affinity for that thing, too. Yeah, because I've heard a lot of... Yeah, it's painful to hear that. A lot of people tell their significant other or, like, someone that they're in a situationship with. Like, we're just, like, not in the... (laughs) Wow, I've never heard that. That's great. Oh, Did you make that up? No, I got that from submissions, for sure. I did not (gasps) make that up. Submission people, you're so smart. (laughs) Thanks, listeners. You're teaching us every day. Yeah, literally, actually. (laughs) But... Um, yeah, who have been in like situationships where the where the person is like, well, I really like you, but like we just at like different places, and it's just like as an excuse to not have to commit. Right, but then at the same on the other side, I'm like trying to practice more empathy in my life. On the same time, like if they don't want to commit, then they are it is the wrong time, right? You know, but also like maybe you're the wrong person or whatever. For sure. Anyway, I'll just say that like Romeo and Juliet, right person, wrong time, and they both ended up dead. So. <laughs> So fair warning, Vince. <laughs> it's either right time or the grave. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like a to swift think, dagger to the breast. I like to think in extremes. Yeah, yeah no shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, Vince, that's. I think that's our quick thoughts about that. Just yeah. that I, I, I do think timing has a lot to do with it. And and I, maybe the thing I'll end on is like, maybe we think they're the right person because everything feels right. But if it's not working, they're not the right person. Right. That's Period. a great point. Period. Yeah. So those are our thoughts, Vince, on right person, wrong time. I hope that gives you some insight on anything that you're going through. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Great question, though. You want to get into our submissions? We're yeah. going to do four again. Awesome. Uh, so the first question is from Rose Sunflower, who is writing from Portland. Portland. Right. Beautiful place. Never been. It's really green. You'd love it. I bet I would. Like a hippie, crunchier version of Seattle. Oh. And greener, too. It's I mean, really I love Seattle, so. Mm-hmm. You'd really like it. Okay. Actually, maybe you wouldn't, though, because sometimes don't you don't like, like hippies. <laughs> you don't like hippies at all. I'm not into that woo-woo they stuff. Have like the, they have, like, the, the same gutter-punky feel that a lot of Minneapolis has. Oh, cool. Yeah. 
Okay. I'll add it to the list. Rose writes, I have been in and out of a relationship for the past year. I know that information in itself may signal some red flags. Anyways, we had been technically non-monogamous, but not always pursuing others. During the relationship, my ex-partner broke some agreements that left me feeling betrayed, unheard, and ultimately not good. Mm. I have officially ended things because they eventually said that they were not in love with me. Lately, they have shared information that they are unsure if that is true. I do not want to get back together with them because I don't think our relationship is healthy. And I know that I deserve someone who loves me and will respect mutual agreements. Mm -hmm, You do. That's right. However, I am trapped in the scarcity mode. How have you navigated reframing things so that scarcity isn't a driver in your life? Mm. I'm a queer, gender nonconforming person. And at times, it can be easy to believe that there are limited queer people. I know that isn't true, yet here I am writing this. Mm -hmm. I wanted to end this relationship months ago, but really struggled with trusting my intuition. How have you learned to listen to your gut before it gets toxic? Lastly, this relationship experience has left me feeling like poly isn't possible because the hurt I felt during the relationship was just too much. Polyamory. How have you learned to trust again, especially navigating vulnerable dynamics with possible multiple people? Thanks for reading about my experience. Oh, I love that last line. Yeah. Like the affirming, thanks for listening to my experience. That's what I, I, I just like the way you framed it. Absolutely. Rose Sunflower, what a wonderful letter. I'm sorry for the hurt that you've been experiencing. Um, That sounds like, yeah, any betrayal of trust is, ugh, it just burns you up. And and I know that 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 type of betrayal, like, feels like your legs are rotting. For sure. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, when when pain is physicalized. Yeah. And it's just like, ugh, it's just a terrible feeling. Especially if you're in a... In an open relationship like that, where trust is just so that crucial, much, uh, more important. Right. Um, the idea that someone would you would grant uh, this person your trust and then they would betray it is just it's just hurtful. Yeah, I think that's really important to note because like trust and communication is important. They they are important in all relationships. Yep. But Rose, you set up this relationship to be built on those pillars, mm-hmm. like, yep. and you you kept certain doors of opportunity open right. because because you both agreed to the you know the number of doors open or the structure or whatever right and they betrayed that and that's just like it's like extra vulnerable right absolutely yep um so that's intense i'm sorry about that mm-hmm. we also want to echo that we you don't even have to explain it or justify it we totally understand what you mean when you say queer scarcity oh for sure yeah and you're right it's not real but we know that it feels real <laughs> that it feels so real absolutely yeah i mean like even as a as a cis white gay man yeah. right like in one of the gayest cities of the world of oh, the country sure. i mean yeah definitely and felt that 100% before yeah. i started dating peter i was just convinced that there just like weren't enough queer people out there yeah. For me to date. And yeah. That, and that was a driver of probably a lot of bad decisions. That I made. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's life. Um, yeah. And, and from my own experience, too, uh, like I've always felt like I had an abundant amount of straight relationships, mm. like at my fingertips or at yeah. my disposal um, led to terrible decisions. <laughs> but, uh, but more less than that, like maybe some inauthentic, inauthentic relationships Mm -hmm. um but on the other hand i always felt like like i knew i was queer i knew i i was attracted to women but i always felt like the women that i wanted to be with were 
not in my city. They were on Instagram or they mm-hmm. were like on a TV show or like they were imagined women right. that right. would fulfill my life if they cross paths with me. But well, they were always out of reach, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, and so we just wanted to echo like uh, that idea. I think that's really common. And I think a lot of our listeners will relate to it. For Even sure. heterosexual or, or people or or just anyone like looking for a partner and feeling discouraged. Just I think we were drawn most to this letter rose because of the word scarcity. Mm-hmm. It's such a powerful word, especially when it applies to, to matters of the heart. For sure. Well, and it makes me wonder. I mean, so what I think is going to be helpful in in figuring out how to get out of this mode of scarcity is to take stock of the things that are abundant in your life, mm. right? So like you might feel like there's scarcity in terms of romantic love interests, but I mean, take stock of what else is around you, right? Where can you get um, the love and care that you need from your friends, from your family, from uh, your the work that you're doing, whatever it is where you, where you feel like there's a lot there that you mm. can rely on, right? Because if you don't want to be driven by scarcity, then you need to reframe right you need to find you won't need to be led by abundance and i think so powerful it's like you moving back to minneapolis right was like you were sort of moving towards a a decision around your professional career and you came back here because you felt the abundance of love that was here for you yeah totally and it's and that has been affirming for you too it, it it honestly rose making a decision based on abundance has changed the way I wake up in the morning. Mm. I wake up and I think, and and I encourage you to maybe practice this. I wake up and I think I am filled with gratitude. Mm. I am surrounded by people who love me. I am filled with ambition. Mm. I am, Mm -hmm. uh, there is nothing but opportunities in front of me and trying to, and kind of shifting my perspective to not what I don't have, but to what I do have has been, I'll say liberating, yeah. you know, like I, I feel like a, a film was lifted over my eyes. Mm-hmm. I, again, like I think a couple of listeners have heard me say I came out of a really difficult year and my move here has back to Minneapolis has helped me like reframe the mm-hmm. from from scarcity of happiness mm-hmm. to an abundance of what I know I have or, yeah. or like letting myself see and feel that. Right. So and I'm not saying that's, that's really a, beautiful. That's not an easy. I'm not saying that's a very easy thing to right. do. Right? right. But it does take I mean, it takes head and heart work. Right. To totally. be able to shift that frame around scarcity to abundance yeah and like here's maybe like if that's not an easy shift for you sometimes i've thought about like giving myself little challenges and therefore rewards if i make them Mm -hmm. just in terms of like if i'm trying to redirect my energy rose i will be like okay i'm gonna like try to master something or i'm gonna i'm gonna bake for a week and see how that feels and Mm. and i'm gonna bake muffins and scones and pie and i don't know Whatever else you bake. Bread. <laughs> Cakes. <laughs> Cakes. Um, I guess what I mean by that is just shifting your energy to a project that you can complete and therefore feel good about completing mm. will then, again, it redirects your energy, makes you think, wow, this is, I made this with my hands or mm-hmm. I accomplished this with my mind. And it makes you think about less of what you're missing and more about what you can create, how much potential you have right now. Mm. Like Rose, as a person, as a as a lovable being, you're not defined by who cannot love you or who loves you poorly. Yeah. You're instead defined by the infinite possibilities of your brain and your heart. Absolutely. Um, and we just wanted to touch on that first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Also, I think a lot about um, who is around you, who can support you during this time. Mm-hmm. 
I think unfortunately, and this may be totally not true in your situation, but I will say that like us queer people, we send we tend to like move in packs. <laughs> We tend to, uh-huh. more than anything, we tend to date in our circles. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to make an assumption. And if it's not true, then just like plug yours for the next 60 seconds. <laughs> like this person might be in your social circle, mm-hmm. which will add extra pressure to like letting them in or out of your life, mm-hmm. especially if your friends are friends with them. Right. Um, and if that's true, just like take stock of like who is in your network of support. How are you building it, fostering it? How are you reaching out? How are you taking care of yourself in this time and not preserving, say, their reputation? Mm, yeah. That's right. Yeah. I, that might be totally wrong. <laughs> yep. But I think it's good to say because I think that is. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people run into yeah. when they are. Yeah. When anybody. things sour in a relationship, mm-hmm. especially when those there are mutual friends. Yeah. People feel like they need to preserve the reputation of that friend and that their friendships rather than just like saying hey like i need you i need to talk shit about this person i need you to see this part of me this Mm -hmm. pain right um and trusting our friends to be able to code switch or or see your pain and still maintain another friendship or whatever right absolutely so i think in terms of your your question about um getting back with this person or yeah right seems like so i want to say seems to us like this is probably not a good idea. I mean, this person has betrayed your trust mm-hmm. and you seem to be, you know, you know in your gut, You're right? You've yeah. been talking about how you knew for months that you wanted to break up with this person mm-hmm. and then you didn't trust your gut. And so our advice to you right now is to trust your gut, trust right. your instincts. And I think I am I, most drawn to the second question you asked, which is just like, how have you learned to trust again? But I think you're also talking about your own gut Mm, right mm -hmm, um and i think that comes from practice both internally and externally Mm -hmm. um i learn i rebuild trust with people through active practice and Mm -hmm. showing up and maybe um like a certain period of like not putting myself into situations that i know could damage me even more like you can't let oh this is a terrible like metaphor but you can't heal a wound if you keep picking at the scab mm-hmm. or ripping off the scab so right. maybe so so we're we're saying maybe don't get back with this person and in terms of polyamory like if polyamory ever doesn't feel right to you that doesn't make you a bad um polyamorous person right right that doesn't delegitimize your identity as someone who believes that monogamy isn't for them yep it just means right now you've been wounded you need to take time to heal you mm-hmm. need to take time to reassess and grow yep. and build another trust system with somebody else mm-hmm. right yep. um so if it doesn't feel good to you great don't don't do it right now that right all all sides of your identity are valid, and it, you don't have to put yourself into situations that might um, make you uncomfortable. Even though, like, and don't get me wrong, I I am not polyamorous, but I do know that the that some people just think mo- monogamy is is uh, like a human trap that you put yourself in. <laughs> you know that you're just like guaranteeing to fuck yourself over. Woo-hoo. Yeah, yeah. But Getting just married like, in thirty days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just like uh, maybe. Maybe take a break and just um, let your heart, like, risk your heart less. Mm-hmm. And then and then you'll build up a sense of trust, readiness, eagerness to yep. put it out there again. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, 
yes, focusing on uh, things that are abundant to you, focusing on yourself, focusing on the the, the positive things around you. That's also going to help you yes. understand yourself better and know that when your gut is telling you something is wrong, that it is wrong. Yeah. And so building up it's that like trust. It's like a muscle listening to that gut, I right. swear to God. Absolutely. And, and trust doesn't come, trust in yourself doesn't come from shaming yourself for not knowing or doing something sooner, right? Trust in yourself comes from focusing on the things that you love about yourself, mm. learning about your flaws and embracing and loving those flaws as well so that you know that you are happy and healthy and whole and that you can trust that when you're not feeling that way, that something around you is wrong. Yes, absolutely. Oh, great. That was so good. <laughs> that was so good. And I, I would just add to it, like that helps you in relationships too, because right now you're feeling the desire to go back to someone who betrayed you on like a pretty intense level. And mm -hmm. you're feeling that because of the scarcity mode and that, and that like, you don't feel, you feel that emptiness within you. Mm -hmm. And if you work on building up yourself, you might not feel the desire to go back to somebody who hurt you because mm -hmm. you know, you deserve better period. Right. That's right. It doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in. Right. And it's clear that you're, you're already doing that head and heart work just yeah, from your totally, letter. You're, totally. I mean, you're, you're thinking about this and it's not, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, we can sort of say it yeah, easily. in like beautiful <laughs> words or whatever, but like the Mediocre actual words, <laughs> Okay, wow. <laughs> I was just like humbling us. <laughs> but yeah, the actual work itself is difficult. So I don't want it I don't want us to come across as glib. Right. We are acknowledge the fact that it's that gonna is a take work. Word. <laughs> you have beautiful words, Sam. I just need it from you. Thank you. So hopefully that gives you some insight on some of the questions you asked us. Uh we trust you. We yeah. trust your gut. We think that you are your gut is trying to make the future a better safer place for you absolutely so we love you good luck we're rooting for you yeah all right y'all know that sam and i record every single episode of just break up virtually so i literally see this beautiful person on zoom like multiple times a week and every time sam pops up into zoom i comment on their outfit and I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. 
All right, Head & Heart workers, you know I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right, next question. This question is from Diana. Diana is writing to us from The Void. They write, I have been in a long-distance relationship with a guy for a couple months now, and I keep feeling like I should break things off. When we're together, I feel so comfortable, but when we're apart, which is most of the time, it's like I don't even have a boyfriend, really. It seems like I'm usually the first to text. I ask him very clearly. I asked him very clearly to text me every day. Nothing substantial. We don't even need to have a conversation. Just a simple good morning would suffice. And he doesn't even do that. I feel like we have so little in common and I'm scared that the initial chemistry was only temporary. I can't trust my own perception of this situation because I know that it's influenced by my depression and anxiety. My nagging instinct is to leave before I get left, but I can't bear the thought of losing him. Mm -hmm. All right, Diana, we chose this letter because we think that it's it's really clear to us, mm -hmm. even though we're strangers like across the world. We want to say like you write, I can't trust my own perception, but your perception is is very valid mm -hmm. and clear. Yep. You're saying I've asked very simple things yep. of this person and they're not delivering. I also don't know I, I don't feel good about this relationship. Yep. So what I want to pose to you, Diana, is maybe make a list of like what is making you stay mm. and examine each. Once you write that list, like first draft, don't even think about it. Write down five things that's making you stay. Yep. And then like separate yourself from the relationship. Look at that list of reasons why you're staying and think about that in terms of your life. Again, mm -hmm. going back to abundance, like. Are you afraid to be alone? Yep. Are you afraid of the conflict the the breakup will cause? Mm -hmm. um, are you afraid that this person is helping you out with your depression and anxiety? Mm -hmm. And now, instead of like letting those reasons to stay, 
hold you back. Instead, think about strategically about how you can approach each of those those things by yourself independently Ooh. without mm-hmm. them. Like how can you, so if you feel empty or like you don't want to be alone without a relationship, okay, if I wasn't in a relationship, how could I fill this? Mm. What could I work on? A, I could read self-help books, but B, more importantly, I could get myself out there. I could ask my friends to go to an art museum with me. Mm-hmm. I could see, I could, I could reframe the way I see emptiness in my life and see how full and abundant mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. or work on filling it, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a great way to, to do that. And I will say, here's the thing about perception is that perception is reality. So, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so the way that you're perceiving is your reality, yeah. right? So you can't, you can't question your own perception, particularly about matters of your own self-worth of your relationships with other people. Like the way that you're perceiving this may be clouded by your anxiety and your depression, but that doesn't make it any less real, right? It means that it means that that is how you are feeling and that is how this person is coming to you. And that and if if that's not what you want, then that's not what you want. It has nothing to do with your depression right. or anxiety. Totally. It's it's real and it's it's valid. Totally. My sister told me when I was breaking up with my high school boyfriend, I was like, oh, but we were going to be together and whatever. <laughs> and my sister told me something I will never forget. And I have told other people this. She said, Sierra, when you know it's not right, it's not right. Mm. And I think like why that was, it's so simple, but it was shocking to me as a teenage girl to hear someone tell me like your instincts are valid. Mm -hmm. Like you don't need to pretend you don't need to disrespect yourself so much that you conform to other people's desires of you or conform to what you think you should be or want. Right. And it was radical to me. And I, and I've thought that since like, if it's not right, it's not right. Yep. You know, and th- Diana, this doesn't sound right. It's Mm-mm. not that much to text somebody once a day. It's really not. That is and just such a small. And I know that there's people out there who believe like long distance relationships can be a little bit more fluid than that. And yep. that like maybe one day, a te- or, like one text a day feels rigid for certain couples. But but for me, Diana, it's not. Honestly, no. as somebody who's been in long distance relationships, yep. I want to talk to my partner Sure. I do, period. And again, you have the right to ask for what you need. And right. if the person, if this person isn't delivering that need for you, then you need to assess whether or not that person right. should be in your life. If, are they giving you the things that you need? Right. And I think the last thing we want to touch on, which the one I feel probably the most empowered to say is you said your last sentence you write, you have a nagging instinct to leave before you get left. Mm. But really, Sam and I want you to know that you can leave just because you want to, mm-hmm. period. Right. It doesn't have to be out of fear. It doesn't have to be because you don't want him to hurt you or, or yep. whatever it is. Yep. It can just be because this relationship isn't enough. Right. You said it yourself. You say it doesn't feel like you're together. <laughs> so then right. you can you have the agency and the power and the self-respect to say, this isn't what I want, so that's I'm right. going to leave it. And and that's okay. That's what being human is. Oh, absolutely. That's what being in a relationship is. Right. So my recommendation for you is to... Just break up. <laughs> <laughs> just break up. But also put on Robin's Get yes. Myself Together. Yes. Blare it. Listen to it on repeat. Dance around your room. I just deserve like, this. You deserve better. Breaking up with people is hard. I get that. I don't actually get that. I've never been broken. I've never broken up with someone. God, you're fucking fired. Like, I'm going to, excuse me, this is a crazy. I was like, yeah, it's really hard. And I was like, I actually have no idea. I've only ever been dumped. Okay, well, we need, all right, Craigslist, want ad. 
new podcast host, relationship-esque, self-help, comma, sex, comma, dumb jokes. Uh, Submissions will be taken at Just Break Up. Who gave you the authority to fire me? (laughs) I would never. I would never. I literally love how everybody writes in and says, I love how much Sierra is obsessed with you. just so real everybody uh, <laughs> anyway it's great um all right diana you know what to do you do and we believe in you absolutely you can do it we love you we love you very much thanks for writing all right next question so the next question is from zoe red from austin i assume texas They write, okay, so I dated this bartender for two years. He cheated a lot. I'm talking best friends, Craigslist meetups, girls from the bar, and his female friends. He has a problem with alcohol and has hit me before. (gasps) I'm sorry, I wasn't ready for that. Continue. Okay. I know what the clear answer would be, leave him. I guess, I don't know, it's difficult for me to do so. I have borderline personality disorder and the fear of abandonment gets to me. He wants to move up here with me. He says he's changed, but I don't buy it. Can I have advice on how to move on? I don't know. I just want to move on. When I've met great people, I just go back to this cheater. What's wrong with me? Guess what? Nothing's wrong with you. No, absolutely not. Period. Um, It is not uh, your fault that he became physical with you. It's not your fault that he cheated. Absolutely. It's not a deficit in you because uh, that he is toxic and Mm -hmm. terrible. Um, And this is 100% without doubt not what you deserve. Oh, absolutely. I think the intersection of mental health and relationships is so, so crucial and so powerful in our lives. Because of that thought, Zoe, the idea that we think that we are broken or things are wrong with us because our culture has such a terrible, like, shaming relationship and stigmas to mental health. So we think we're the fucked up ones. So we we take the love that we think we deserve. Mm -hmm. And guess what, Zoe? You deserve better than this. This is absolutely right. And I have... um... A quote from Ask Polly, <laughs> written on a piece of paper that I carry in my wallet that says, you you are going to believe that you are the most fucked up. Don't believe that for a second. Mm. Because I feel like so many of us walk through this world assuming that we are the most fucked up one. Right. right? That, that everyone else has it together, that we are fucked up, and therefore we deserve people to be fucked up to us. Oh, my God. And it's absolutely not true. Yeah. I mean— I'm also struggling with mental health issues, too. So is Sierra. Like, my relationship is obviously not perfect. Like, we're all walking through this world just trying our best. Right. And it doesn't mean that we deserve bad things to happen to us because we believe we are bad people. Right. Exactly. You know, like, this is a weird thing that comes up for me, but, like, I'm kind of obsessed with, like, bodies and how bodies are disgusting and, like, do (laughs) disgusting things. And I always like to think, like, the most beautiful person you have ever seen in your entire life has, like, shit their pants before. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it's the ultimate equalizer. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Everybody poops. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, Zoe, we definitely relate to to the idea of toxic people that we can't quit. Oh, for sure. Like I have loved many a tank of garbage, (laughs) poisonous, toxic, like sludge. That's what I was going for. The image of like the image from like the Batman comics, like of the toxic sludge that the Joker comes out of. And it gets like all over you and you like can't wash it off your body. And then you're radiating for the next 30 years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Ah, anyway. 
that's just to say, like, we relate, girl. <laughs> like, we feel you. Um, but what are you sacrificing for this person? Right. Like, what is the purpose of all the pain you're carrying for them? Mm-hmm. They can go and throw that garbage on somebody else. Absolutely. It's it is their thing to bear. It is it is their pain to bear. They are obviously hurting so much that they need to hurt externally. Mm-hmm. And they need to cross the never crossable line of physical violence, which is absolutely not okay. Mm -mm. It's never okay. And it is unforgivable, period. Yep. If that man hits you, you leave, Mm -hmm. period. However, I understand. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Maybe we should cut that. (laughs) There are some instances where it is unsafe to leave or maybe that's not going to work for you. And that's totally understandable. But um Hating someone is wrong every single time. Right. Right. And it's unacceptable. I do feel like I need to say, like, I've worked at a domestic violence shelter before, and I do understand that there are instances in which you cannot leave or feel unsafe to leave. In this situation, Zoe, when you're asking us whether I you should let this person back in your life or not, our, the answer is clear to us. No. Period. Absolutely not. Um, because you deserve better. And, you do. and And some of the best people I know, Zoe, are caretakers. Mm-hmm. They want to... They want to... I don't know. They want to fix people because they see the good in them or Mm -hmm. they or they imagine the good in them. And this person, you know what? You might have great sex with him. You might have had great times with him. He might have made you feel things that you've never felt before. But those types of peaks and valleys are not sustainable. Like the best, best, like the the best good feeling and the worst bad feeling that's not going to work long term. Right. And you can't hold on to those peaks just because like just because they're there. The that low low should never happen. Right. No, absolutely. Yes. And I also think like you you were talking about caretakers too. Mm-hmm. I think that it's perfectly possible to see the inherent good in someone mm-hmm. and also recognize the fact that the way that they treat you isn't acceptable. Mm-hmm. And so so my concern is that, um, and I've had this problem as well, is like, how do I learn to see the inherent good in me enough to be mm. able to value it more than the inherent good in this other person? Yeah, totally. Because it's such a, because we, I, and I think you too, like self-sacrifice a lot. Yep. <laughs> um, because I'm like, I know that person's an asshole, but like, there's this issue that's going on and like he was really nice to me that one time and like Mm -hmm. blah 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 Mm -hmm. people pleasing for sure the people pleasing you know yep but to the detriment of your own worth right so so how do we how do we value ourselves as much as we value other people right and i'm rereading your letter now about your your mental health hesitation and your fear of abandonment um, but Zoe, you would not be abandoned. You would mm-hmm. be strengthening yourself. You mm-hmm. would be freeing yourself. One of my favorite poets, Sharon Olds, ends the poem like, he, he did not leave me. I did not leave him. He freed me. I freed him. Mm-hmm. And so just think about the, like all of this energy that you're expending justifying this or cementing your own self-loathing. What mm-hmm. if you turned that energy inward and thought about like put that energy towards bettering your life and your relationship to yourself and right. and or or even opening yourself up to 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 meet who is out there. Yep. You said that you keep meeting all these great people and and going back to this person. 
you might not be able to let yourself fully meet these people because mm-hmm. you don't think you deserve it. Yeah. Or you're or you st- you feel like you owe it to this piece of sludge. Right. Absolutely. To- yeah. And set him free and also set yourself free. Right. Yeah, you like, deserve it. You you deserve to not have this this man in your life, not just affecting you, but affecting your relationships with other people. I mean, it just seems like nothing about him is really beneficial for you. And so I know it will take time and you'll have to figure out how it works for you. But yeah. but but you need to work on getting him yeah. out of your life. I think the last thing I want to add is because one of the most powerful sentences in this letter for me, Zoe, is I know what the clear answer would be. Leave him. Mm. And I just want to make sure you know that we understand you know that. But more importantly, we understand how hard it is to make this decision. Absolutely. And we've been throwing all these like big statements at you and obvious choices. But most importantly, we're just like here in solidarity with you Mm -hmm. that you don't deserve this. And you may know that you don't deserve this, but it's it's really hard to make that first change or take that first step. Absolutely. Or have that first true and honest conversation with yourself about what you are feeding in your life, Mm -hmm. what mouths you are feeding and what mouths you are starving. That's right. And so we just want you to feel seen and heard and supported um, no matter what your decision is. But we truly, truly hope that you're safe and that you feel loved and that you feel you feel a little loving from two strangers. That's right. We know you can, we know that you can do this. Yes. And we can make the right decision for your life. We're sending you the best, most positive vibes that we can. Totally. I'm sticking my hands out and doing jazz hands right now. (laughs) Like I'm sending it to you, Zoe. I'm sending it to you. All right. We love you. Thanks for writing. Thank you. All right. Last letter, y'all. I feel like so far it's just been like, just break up, just break up, just break up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's definitely been a theme for this episode. Which is great. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there are common threads in this confusing, horrible thing that is love. <laughs> Sorry, feeling a little bitter today. Yeah. Just clearly. kidding. All right. Next letter is from, last letter is from Anonymous, who writes to us from New Jersey. This person writes, my girlfriend, who is 18, and I, who am 20, have been monogamously dating for the p- almost two years. We're incredibly happy with each other. I think our greatest asset is our ability to truly communicate with each other, knowing that it's not going to hurt anyone's feelings and that we're just being honest. That's great. Mm -hmm. That being said, my girlfriend struggles with borderline personality disorder and anxiety. So there are times where she feels she falls into this incredible, incredibly negative and deflective attitude where she's critical of herself and succumbs to her own self-consciousness. She's told me that when this happens, if I'm with her, she'd like to be left alone and that when it's, quote, over, I should bring her some water and comfort her. But the majority of the time this happens, we're not when we're when we're not together and texting. And from previous experience, I know it doesn't help if I leave her alone because she thinks I'm ignoring her or, quote, leaving her on red. (laughs) So I listen to what she needs to let out. I comfort her try to remove any negativity she has about herself, but it almost it always comes down to a pattern of her self-deprecation, to me comforting her, to her deflecting and almost rejecting me, to me finding a different way to approach the situation, mm. to her still deflecting me, to me being honest with her and asking her what she would like me to do, to her saying, quote, try harder, 
that wording is harsher than it truly is, but it's the essential nature of what she's telling me to do, I mm-hmm. feel. To me, saying that I don't know what to do because she keeps deflecting everything I say, and it ends with her crying. At first angry with me, and then she apologizes and hopes I don't, quote, hate her. Mm. I know it's because of her mental illness, so I don't blame her or even take it out on her. But it gets so frustrating because it happens so often. It's like every couple of months and there's no more warning and it just happens. Mm-hmm. It's emotion that I feel I go through and I autopilot through the situation. And I trust our communication. That's why I feel these never get as bad as they could. But this is something I don't know how to communicate with without triggering a terrible sequence of events. Mm-hmm. I would really appreciate any advice. Mm. Anonymous, this is a great message. Thank you so much. Yeah. There's a lot of big things here. Absolutely. And I just want to say, I mean, first of all, that that dating someone with mental health issues is can be really draining on you. Yeah. Right. And it feels like that might be a selfish thing to say because it's the other person who's going through right. issues of surrounding mental health. But um, it's just the reality. It, it, it's not meant to shame or yep. or. I mean, we're both those people. We are both um, in our own way, your girlfriend. (laughs) Um, No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I have instances where I also get anxious or depressed and um, I mean, take it out on my partner for sure. Yeah. Um, But this is all to, you know, we just want to validate like it is possible to advocate for um, people who are experiencing mental health issues. And it's also possible in the same moment to, to say to be their partner can be um, a very particular challenging situation. Like mm-hmm. we, and that can be said of any fucking human interaction ever, <laughs> true. right? Very true. Um, that it's just a basket of mental health and childhood trauma that you just don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's fun. It's great. Anyway, um, yeah, this is, I-, I love your letter, Anonymous, because. It's incredibly loving mm-hmm. and it's incredibly like well stated and we can tell you love her and we can tell you care and prioritize communication. Yep. And we can also tell that you're just frustrated and you yep. don't know how to help yep. um, or you're trying your best. And so we want to just we see you trying really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really beautiful. Absolutely. Um, I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. And I mean, honestly, it does sound from your letter like you have come up with coping mechanisms that have been helpful. So right. so I think want to applaud Let's you for that, that. Mm-hmm. Um, that you you are actively working and that you two have communicated to find solutions yeah. that work in some instances. Yeah. So then I would. Uh, yeah, I think that's great to say. I want to push on that a little and say and to add, it sounds like they're not working long term yep. like like you're writing to us because you see a future in which they, you can't function like this anymore right Absolutely. and um i think i want to first say um i love that you guys have great communication and i want to challenge you to have even better communication because mm. it's obvious to me or at least like implied that you maybe have these conversations about what your partner needs when she is in crisis Mm. and she might not be able to advocate for herself fully then. I know you guys talk about it when Mm -hmm. she's not in crisis. Um, But what I would say, what I would challenge you anonymous to do is, is say, Hey baby, (laughs) I love you. 
I, I want to have a conversation about how we can better support it, support each other. And I also, with so much love and tenderness, want to say to you, what we're doing right now is not enough. Mm-hmm. So both of us need to be more honest mm-hmm. with each other. Yeah. Period. Like, I know you guys put a lot out there that you that that a communication is important to you. But you got to I, I, I think I think the answer to this letter anonymous is within you guys already yep you just have to find it you have to push yourself to that does that make sense sam yeah absolutely i think that not focusing just on the crisis is going to be super important because the crisis i feel like the 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 crises that happen um can be can be helped by having open and honest communication outside of it because i think it will assuage some of her anxiety Mm. um if you are in better communication more often. Mm, yeah. Um, or if she can plan for it where you say, like, when you're going down this rabbit hole, like, this is the keyword that I say. This is our action plan. Yep. yep. And then we either agree to not talk or we or whatever it is, or we right. like come together and we just sort of like be in the same space, whatever the the, the solution to that crisis is. But you got to have the the right sort of system set up in place. Yeah. And um, the trust and love to say to each other, the current one is not working. Yep. It's, it's not a all, it's not a one size fits all crisis plan. For sure. um, you're, you need to put in a little bit more work to make it more multifaceted. Yep. And we see you doing these steps already. Yep. And I think that's really wonderful. Um, so one thing I want to point out is you say so often it happens when you're on, when you're apart yep. and it's via text message. And two things I want to say about that is, first, technology makes everything vague and confusing. Oh, for sure. So that's very difficult. It's very difficult to be for, with, for someone, support someone in crisis via text texting. Yep. Um, and so when you're apart, what if you and your girlfriend made an action plan for, for when you're apart that doesn't involve texting? Yeah. And might not even involve you. Because you are not physically available to be there. And I think point. the lack of you, the lack of your physicality might be spiking some of her abandonment or um, anxiety. And so I know that's really terrifying because like, especially when I was really in the thick of any of my mental health things, mm-hmm. I really had a person who would assuage my yep. Anxiety and and I almost like leaned on them a little too much. So mm-hmm. I I know from your letter, anonymous, that your girl you are your girlfriend's safe space for sure. But the reality is you're not a safe space. You're a person, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> meaning you are not there all the time, and you cannot provide the same comfort in all certain situations. Right? Absolutely. It's just it's just truth. And That's if true. you lean into that truth, then you can start thinking. Okay, what is an action plan for her? What resources? Mm-hmm. What tools, what practice, what plan do you have in place for her to fill herself up, to heal, to to work through these episodes yep. without you? For sure. Because um, you are not her therapist, right? Right, exactly. You are not, you are, first of all, you're not <laughs> trained to be able to to handle situations like this. You're Period. not trained in cri- mental health crises. Right. Secondly, you're her girlfriend, or sorry, you're her significant other, not not her therapist, right? right? You have you have skin in the game. There's there's yep. emotions. There's baggage attached there in a way that a mental health professional professional doesn't have, right? And that that That's that division is needed. That right. division keeps people healthy because if if you just you're not equipped to be able to be her therapist. Period. 
And that's okay. That is okay. That is not a fault or lack on your part. And and she also doesn't have the right to hold that against you. Absolutely. Which is hard to say because I'm, I like feel a lot of empathy for her. Oh no, me too. For um, sure. But it's just true. You know, she can't, what I'm concerned about is in those crisis moments when you're going back and forth and her anxiety and turns to anger, which is okay. That happens. Yep. They are cut from the same cloth. Yep. But um, what I'm afraid of, which I said before, is that this isn't sustainable mm-hmm. and you're going to start whittling away on your own boundaries and you're going to you're going to come to your breaking point For sure. anonymous. And I don't want that. It sounds like you guys have a wonderful relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I'll say, like. Is she going to therapy? Right. If I, that she's was a, not. That was a big question for me as well. And I, I think that's a huge priority because you guys are also. Uh, you're still young and I don't mean that in a demeaning way, Um, but I didn't go to a therapist when I was 18. So I'm just putting that out there that I I didn't prioritize it. Mm -hmm. But now 12 years later for me, I know it is of the utmost importance for literally everyone. (laughs) (laughs) You out there, you, you feeling good about yourself? Like go to therapy. (laughs) You're struggling. You don't know who to talk to. Go to therapy. You're ordering a sandwich. Go to fucking therapy. Like, Everybody does. Not only does everybody it helps on, but everybody deserves it. Yep. Everybody deserves the opportunity to reflect on themselves like that. And Absolutely. To, and I think about it in terms of just putting tools on my tool belt. Oh, for sure. Like I have this metaphorical tool belt that I walk around with every day and I use the tools on it to interact with people that I love and that I don't love or to do work or to have hard conversations and going to therapy and listening to the Just Break Up podcast. <laughs> puts extra tools on my tool belt uh-huh. and so i would just say maybe in that in that conversation that you have with her about strengthening your response um approach mm-hmm. one of them is to say baby i love you i love our relationship i love our communication i think that it is important for you to go to therapy because this is affecting the quality of your life absolutely and you deserve it sweetheart like you deserve to work through this absolutely and a therapist is also going to be able to help her in those moments of crisis right like provide tools to help do that yes you as a person who is in in this person's life don't have those tools available don't and that's not a fault at all it's just that it's just um, the truth. It's just the truth. And that's that's totally fine. We're not all expected to know what tools and resources we should provide to someone who's having a mental health crisis. Right. Um, yeah, we're not born with this language. No. On both ends of the street. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was not born with the ability to speak about my mental illness. Like, right. about my anxiety, about my depression. Society, my family didn't give me the language. Yep. I didn't see it when I was younger. For sure. And so you you all you both are doing the best that you can with mm-hmm. the knowledge and experience that you have at this moment right now and we're just saying there are tools and resources out there that can strengthen this cuz we believe in your relationship anonymous. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I will I do want to take a step back and say just you that's uh there needs to be an understanding of how equipped you are to be able to to continue to be in this relationship Mm -hmm. too. So I'm not saying that you, um, we're not saying just break up. We're not saying that you need to break up, but I do think that there needs to be like a real hard look at, is this sustainable? What needs to change in order to make it sustainable? What is my role in this relationship? Absolutely. And if, and if we don't take those steps, 
then how are we going like that means that we can't be together right. i mean honestly th- this is where this is where the boundaries start to have to come in because i feel you giving so much of yourself to to uh your person and i think that's wonderful but i also don't want you to get lost as you give yes right you don't you can't give your whole self and so you need to establish those boundaries set up expectations set up some accountability yep because otherwise you're just going to you're going to get lost and let me tell you Unconditional love is not the goal. Right. Conditional love is the goal. <laughs> to be honest, right? Yeah. It we it we tend to think about like love as like this ever giving endless well, you know, that like yep. is always full and we're supposed to extremely sacrifice for those we love. And don't get me wrong, there is sacrifice mm-hmm. and there are moments of extreme giving yep. and um generosity right. and and sometimes those are the most beautiful, powerful moments of love. Mm-hmm. But those are also the times with unconditional love that people are taken advantage of, right. that power dynamics get fucked up, mm-hmm. that people give and give and give. And then all of a sudden they're 50 and they and they don't have anything left and they don't they didn't make a life for themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I think about a lot of um parents that I know that like made their life, their spouses and their children's. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the kids are out of the house and the spouse left them or whatever, and they have to rebuild their identity. And Mm -hmm. and that's what I think of when I think about unconditional versus conditional love. Like I want to push the idea that love isn't conditional. It it should, you should be able to ask for things back. Oh, absolutely. And that it's your, your, the measure of how much you love someone shouldn't be how much you sacrifice for them. Yes. Oh, that's, that is very true. Yeah. But that's a hard, totally hard thing to, because to understand. Guess the fuck what? <laughs> I have like given so much of myself for people to love me. Absolutely. Period. And, yep. and maybe that's just the human like quandary that we're going to struggle with for the rest of our lives. That mm-hmm. like, where is the line of sacrificing for love and, mm-hmm. and, standing up for yourself right and that's a hard thing that's a hard thing to do and so it's 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 crucial to to figure that out within yourself sort of what are those those lines that i won't cross how yeah and also in this moment right now too how are you taking care of yourself yeah. like yes What's your, your partner, self-care right your partner's going through a lot of stuff but but so are you yeah. i mean this is a lot to to be working through every few months is having your your significant other lash out at you and and so yep. so what are you doing to help make sure that you are are healthy and whole as well in this because um you don't want to lose sight of that it's not just her issue right it's also yours right so i hope that gives you some insight anonymous um we really feel for you we mm-hmm. we have been on all sides of this situation absolutely and we are by no means experts but we we believe in what we said to you and, and we believe in you um making the right choice and and having those hard conversations with your partner and with yourself yeah absolutely um and we give you permission to feel whatever it is you're feeling right absolutely yeah we love you thanks for writing thank you all right, y'all. That wraps it up. Yeah. So this brings us to the blind date segment of the show. We want to shout out something that we want to set you up with. This week, I want to set you up with Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown. Um, the subtitle of this book is The Quest for True Belonging and the Courage to Stand Alone. I'm a big Brene Brown fan. and. <laughs> 
<laughs> Do you want to tell him? Do you want to tell the world? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I, every time someone talks about Brene Brown, I'm always like, <laughs> "Yes, we have tears in our eyes." <laughs> I'm always like, ooh, yeah, Brene Brown. I love, love her. her. Have not read a single word of Brene Brown. <laughs> now you guys know that I'm Sam just... is a sham. <laughs> I'm sorry for outing you. It's fine. So read this book that I have not read. <laughs> anyway, I've read this book. It's called Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown, Sam's favorite author. I love her so much. Yeah. <laughs> just so affirming, you know? <laughs> Anyway, I have read it, and um, what I really love about it particularly is, um, hey, we live in kind of like a fucked up combative world right now, right? Mm -hmm. And at least in the United States, like our political system is so divided and um, so hostile, Mm -hmm. right? And rightfully so, right? There's a lot of wounds that have gone unhealed. And this is like a self-help book, but it's really about how to relate to other people Mm. and how to a like always have regardless of what that person believes in or um is is, like brings to your table to remember that they're like a human that's suffering and stumbling through the world just like you are so like it teaches you a how to have constant empathy and B, while to tru- truly stay true to yourself and your mm. own autonomy. And what I think is most interesting about that is because she approaches it in, re- in this really, <laughs> what are you giggling at? <laughs> she approaches it in a really um, well-rounded way that like, you know, we're not going to, we can't heal from the hundreds of years of racism and bigotry um, by isolating white bigot racists. Mm. And here's, Here's the one thing I'll say. She never tells us to, like, put ourselves in situations that will make us feel unsafe Mm -hmm. or anything. But I I do think that she writes really interestingly about a subject that it's really that's really hard to approach. Yeah. Right. Like how how do reparation and human empathy go hand in hand? Mm. How do you build both of them? Um, Because she she argues that the chasm that we put between other people um, who believe different things than we do um, that that is just constantly feeding the already dehumanization that we do to each other. Sure. Yeah. That maybe I articulated that poorly, but it's just a really fascinating book that actually at times made me a little uncomfortable because like, you know, how many times do I want to argue with racists on Twitter? Right. Like all the time, all the time, but I have to see them as people Mm -hmm. to believe in them, (laughs) to believe in their capacity to change. True. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. But also, like, don't be a fucking racist. Yeah, please don't. (laughs) Anyway, just trying to enlighten myself and others so that we can, like, reach a higher level of consciousness and human civility and, like, civil rights for everybody. That's fantastic. (laughs) Anyway, so that's our um, blind date for the week. I can't wait to not read that and then pretend that I did. So that wraps up the episode. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship meme. But most importantly, you can send us your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com. 
Also, please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also leave us a five-star rating and review. Yep. Um, and we've been shouting out people on iTunes, but I'm going to take a break from that and thank uh, our friends on Facebook. Oh. Yeah, we have a Facebook page. And we? we have some people we want to thank for their five-star reviews. Thank you to Sarah Albright, to Andy Lemon, to Ada Almer Mater. Mm. Yeah. And to Jocelyn Rojas, thank you so much for your reviews on Facebook, y'all. That makes us look super official and awesome. And your Absolutely. words are really, really sweet. That's great. Yeah. It helps us keep the lights on and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers telling them relationship advice. Absolutely. Original music recording and editing by our friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, I know that you're out there right now. And you are digging a well. And that well might be financial, emotional, personal, professional. Maybe you're putting so much energy into this professional life, this career advancement, or your personal life. And you've been digging and digging and digging this well. You have been trying to help that person who hurt you. You've been showing up for the people who are in need. You've been forgiving family members who hurt you. You have been trying and trying and trying to make this relationship work. And you feel so invested in this because you put so much time and energy into it that you don't even know what is around you. It's just dirt. You're so invested. But I want to remind you that just because you're digging this well doesn't mean that that energy is gone. And that, in fact, if you stop, if you put down that shovel, you have to climb up one day. And that's scary. That's intimidating to give up all of that effort and that energy and investment that you've put into this well, whatever this well stands for. But I'm here to tell you that there's clear skies out and the sun is shining and the whole world looks differently if you look up. So don't be afraid to uninvest yourself in something that you've been committing to for a long time and if all else fails just break up <laughs>